episode 39, How to Fight with Others and Win. Hi, welcome to Beyond the Walls podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Ramika. And I'm Kylie. And yes, we're sisters. We're going to share stories about our life and growing up together and some personal walls we've overcome. We hope you laugh a lot. You honestly might cry a little. But our hope is that maybe you'll be inspired to go beyond the walls in your way too. So grab your coffee or tea and come on in. There comes a point in your relationships where if you want to have a deep relationship with other people, then you have to be willing to transition or grow beyond avoiding conflict entirely and entering a space in your relationship where you actually welcome conflict. But how do you fight or have conflict in a relationship and win? And by win, what we're really meaning is how do you fight and fight fair? So before we get started, we did just want to ask you if you've enjoyed listening to our podcast, if any part of it has resonated with you, like, subscribe to our podcast channel, share it with a friend. That way we can continue to reach more people. That would be awesome. My latest fight with my husband has been over an issue that has bothered him for a long time and he's not brought it up to my attention. And it's a deeply rooted character issue for me that I hate being exposed. Mm. And that is the issue of gentleness. So you guys know, if you've been listening, you know that I'm a quick processor. I know exactly how I'm feeling and I'm going to let you know about it. And I don't avoid conflict. I find conflict, right? There's a difference of like conflict and fighting. I think we avoid the conflict because we don't want to be fighting. I'm not against fighting. I have no problem getting into a fight because I think it's healthy and necessary. Because to me, fighting means that we're both in it and we're invested and willing to be seen and be heard. Mm. And that's just what it takes from my perspective. Like if we can do it without fighting, fantastic. Like it's not the only way, Mm. but that would be a healthy purpose. It would be worth going through conflict for the peaceful end result Mm. than just pretending like everything's fine and stuffing to avoid that conflict. Mm. And so I would rather engage in conflict, but it's a lot easier for me to point out other people's things than for it to be pointed out to me. Mm. Can I be nosy? Sure. If you got to the point where you guys couldn't resolve it without a fight, then why did it become a fight? Like, how did it become a fight? Um, well, I think it's, well, cause I don't like to be called out. So he was, he was calling me out on something that he didn't like what I was doing, Hmm. which ultimately became tact, right? It's a tact issue. So if I'm going to bring up stuff, And generally I'm letting you know, you've hurt me in some way, but if I'm coming at you with guns blazed an accusation and you hurt me, how dare you? Mm. He does not respond to that, nor has he responded ever to it. Right. But I'm like, I have to say it, whether you respond or not. Mm. But I think he finally was at a point where he was willing to say, look, this isn't working. I'm, I want to want to hear what you're saying, but you lose me when you talk to me in that way. Mm. And that's the difference between our like 
what we've talked about of content versus tact. Yeah. Right. It's not like he's saying, don't tell me what you're feeling. Mm. I need you to say it differently. Mm -hmm. I also have to figure out a way to process and separate. You're not rejecting my entire being because mm. you're telling me I'm, I'm doing something that's hurting you because my, I, right. Like I get so caught up in like, I'm not intending to hurt you. This is just, I'm just feeling passionate, whatever. Yeah. So how do I need to change for you so that you can hear me better? And mm. he was like, this is not about me. This is about you. And I, mm, I'm not like that either. <laughs> <laughs> and because it's new for him, right? Like he's not having great tact. I certainly don't like his tact either. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's the bump, right? Like, so there's going to be this initial conversation. It's not like we're really great at coming in and just the most loving, gentle content conversation. Yeah. That's our ideal world, right? That would be a great goal. What we kind of talked about in the beginning, right? Like if we could be seen and be heard and air our hurts from one another in a gentle, loving, peaceful way. Great. Yeah. But we're not perfect. So how do we push through to hear things we don't really want to hear? Right. We talked about them last episode, like when our weaknesses, like I no longer can tolerate this weakness in you. I think that's really what we, what it came to. He was like, I can no longer tolerate this weakness in you. I see it now. I see it everywhere. It's been there the entire marriage. I'm done. Mm. Not I'm done. Like we're getting divorced done, but just like, I can no longer keep silent about it. Mm. Grow or go. Grow or go. <laughs> and I'm like, part of me is like, thank you for being honest. Like, I can work with this. Mm. The other part of me was like, ouch, how horrifying and embarrassing have, that I've been doing this to you this whole time and one didn't know. Mm. Then I'm mad that I'm like, how dare you not tell me sooner, right? Like, I would so much rather have him own some of that. That's like, why did you put up with this for so long? Like we could be so much farther along had you brought this up sooner. Yeah. But when we're talking about fighting to win, like those are not helpful, productive directions for this conversation to go. Mm. And it took a couple of conversations for me, right? There was a lot of resistance. There was a lot of pushing back. There was a lot of that's not true. And you prove it, right? Like <laughs> as I'm proving it to myself in the moment in the conversation, right? Being oh, so gentle. <laughs> and so... You're like, there's a part of you that's like, oh, okay, I can see it. I don't like it, but I don't know another way to do it. Mm. What about in the in-between when I'm not good at, I'm not gentle yet. Mm. So how can we keep growing? Okay. Neither of us want to go. We're going to grow, but it's really hard and it's really uncomfortable. And I think for me, I think being able to first, I had to be willing to see it. Right. And I'm grateful that he was willing to stay in it long enough and to withstand, like I needed him to become intolerant because otherwise he would have kept tolerating it. And that's part of why I think being able to fight and have conflict with each other is beneficial. If he never says anything like this is a major area of connection for us that we will not grow through unless we go through these challenging conversations. Mm -hmm. It's going to be, it's going to be uncomfortable. So first there's like being willing to even hear what he's trying to say. Then there's this level that's like, 
I have to still choose to trust and believe that he's not rejecting my entire identity Hmm. or telling me he regrets our whole marriage, right? Like, as I can go to that extreme, I think we can all go to that way because ultimately Mm -hmm. we really just don't want to be rejected, right? Mm -hmm. Like we can say mentally, we don't want, we're not perfect, but I think on a heart level, we really do all want to be perfect, right? (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. we're caught off guard by our weakness. We're caught off guard by other people's weakness. Like, oh, why can't we just all be perfect? That would be perfect. So I think after being able to do that, I think my initial response was like, fine, okay, I can see that I'm not gentle enough for you to be open with me. Mm. And then again, it was the second level of rejection that he was like, no, like, I am not going to let you blame me. Like, this is not about me. This is about you being gentle for you. Mm. I definitely did not like hearing that, (laughs) but it's true, right? Like being able to sit in that and to be in that space, because here's what's true about that is that if we, if I, were to just stay in that space where I'm just going to alter my behavior to become more acceptable in his eyes and to just be what he wants me to be like, that's not free. That's not truly being seen and accepted and heard. Mm. That is still very conditional and just as restrictive as what we were experiencing before. Mm. And I think I was really impacted by the episode that we had with our, um, our grandma that we interviewed. Uh, it's called do it scared. And one of the things that she shared about was like, she didn't move forward with our grandpa in his dreams. He was a big dreamer. She did not go until she owned it herself. Hmm. And I think it really sunk in for me in that space. It's like, that's the space of freedom and real like trust and peace when I can own it for me. I need to be gentle because I need to be gentle. Like, that's a good thing. Mm. It's not like I'm only showing up ungentle with Lee. Like that's how I'm showing up with everybody, Mm. but it impacts him the most, right? Like it's hurting our relationship. So it's a motivator, right? Where I'm like, okay, I don't want to be hurting our relationship. So I'm going to do this for you. Fine. But that's not freeing. It has to go down to, I'm going to do this for me. So I really want those of you who are my slower processors to hear the significance of what she just said. And because I know that this helps me, I'm going to use an analogy here. So if it helps you, feel free to include this in your language going forward. But if it doesn't, just leave it. But what just happened in her relationship with her and Lee is if a house is her life, like the house in in its entirety represents Kylie and the way that she shows up in life. It's like Lee just identified that within her house, there's the coffee table that is dusty. And he's saying, hey, this coffee table is dusty. If your entire life has not been dusted, she hasn't been dusting the other areas of her house, that's the reason why the coffee table is dusty. So yes, it is true that Lee has communicated to her that, hey, the coffee table is my non-negotiable. This one area of your house is like really significantly impacting me. But the bigger truth here is that she hasn't been dusting her house. 
So the coffee table might be the most significant or might be the area where he is significantly impacted, but where she has to look is around the rest of her house. And what she's identifying is I haven't been dusting at all. And he's asking me to specifically target the coffee table but the work that's ahead of me is to completely dust out the rest of my house. Yeah. Hopefully that makes a lot more sense because now the pieces are starting to get put together. Like this is one of the first episodes in where we've identified or discussed relationship dynamics where in 11 minutes you've literally just heard Kylie put together like 15 to 20 different principles that we've completely isolated. So having a real conversation versus having a right conversation, they've identified what their real conversation is. They're not stuck in the the right or confused about what the real issue is. They're talking on a real level. They have identified their upset. They're not upset about things that are peripheral issues. It's not like they have an issue with apples and they're arguing about oranges. They're talking about apples. Yeah. You know, there has been an area in their relationship where they've also identified that this is your weakness and your weakness is directly triggering mine. And I can go on and on and on. What she, it's really impressive. This is the power of fast processors is they're able to put together the the concepts pretty quickly. But if you've been wanting us to connect the dots for you and how it shows up in a one huge, just here's how it showed up in this specific glimpse of her relationship or her marriage, you just got it. So if that's too much for you to bite off, that would definitely be too much for me to bite mm-hmm. off at this point. That's why I'm backing us up and I'm just making sure that we all see the forest. We've been isolating trees and we've been saying, take a look at this one, take a look at that one, take a look at this aspect of it. And now for the first time, we're just putting them all together pretty quickly. So what happens when you get into a fight is the fight is merely identifying a dusty coffee table. That's all it's doing. It's the people that we have relationships with. We can choose to say that they just want to pick a fight and be upset about the fact that we have a dusty coffee table. But the bigger issue, what you could allow the fight to identify is the ways that you have chosen not to dust throughout your life. You don't just have a dusty coffee table they have a problem with the coffee table, but you have a dusty life. (laughs) I know, I mean, that's just blunt. And I don't mean it to be harsh, but I think that's what what we do when we fight. And to fight fairly looks like using other people as a mirror for ourselves. One of the biggest cop outs I think I've heard And I grew up on this and I kind of adopted it too, was that one, when people call something out, 
Like if one person calls something out, then one person called something out. If two people call something out, then maybe consider it. If three people call something out, you're the common denominator. Now you definitely need to take a look. I really feel my inmost being rejects that now. Because it shouldn't take three people to get you to take a look at your life. Yeah. It could just take one. One person who comes to you and says, look, the way this, I have a problem with the coffee table being dusty. Yeah. I have an issue. It could be a smaller object, if you will. It could be a one-off in your opinion. But it should just take one person saying that they identified or were impacted negatively by you for you to take a look at the rest of your house. I really don't buy into there has to be multiple people saying the same thing. I think that is a possibility. That's a way that you could choose to show up. But I think if you show up that way, you're just delaying looking at your house use other people as a mirror. If they were negatively impacted by your tact, the way that you choose to show up, I guarantee you will find it in other areas of your life if you're willing to take a look. But that's the thing about pride. It completely blinds us to the rest of our house. Pride kind of puts blinders on you and it and it starts picking fights about the coffee table and it starts nitpicking the coffee table. And then you also start nitpicking with the other person. Then you start new fights and you're like, well, they have a dusty coffee table. Don't they see that their life, their house is dusty too. And if you want to pick up my my coffee table, you always have dirty dishes in the sink, right? Like you start picking with the other person because they've merely just addressed or shed light on one aspect of your life. It could be true that maybe they always have dishes in your sink, but does that negate the fact that you have a dusty coffee table? I know you can get lost in the analogies here. So just for the sake of being blunt, somebody identifies like they did with Kylie, hey, I'm having a hard time with the way that you show up in your speech with me, you have not been gentle. And Kylie could choose to nitpick back at Lee and say, well, this is the first time you're choosing to show up or share something like this. And that points to the fact that you're really poor at communicating and advocating for yourself. Those are the dirty dishes in your life. And so nitpick all you want about the fact that I'm not gentle with you, but you haven't advocated or spoken up for yourself. Yeah. Neither one, they both can have their own weaknesses. He, it, he can freely and be looked at with grace for the ways that he has struggled to advocate for himself in the same way that Kylie could choose to have grace and he can choose to have grace with Kylie for the ways that she has chosen not to be gentle. If we start using each other as a mirror, we'll be able to clearly see and be sober-minded about the state of our house, about the state of our life in its entirety. Fights merely identify an isolated singular area 
in a relationship. That's impacting a relationship rather. That's all fights their purpose are for, right? Like we want to have peace. We want to have joy. Part of that is having relationships. And so the reality is in our relationships with one another, we're going to have things that rub us the wrong way amongst each other. That's just the baseline. But what we could use in order to get as much as we can out of each fight and learn how to fight more fairly with one another, we can use those fights to identify the areas that have been overlooked in other areas of our life. Just because they have a problem with the one area of your life that this shows up and impacts them, it doesn't mean that it doesn't show up in other areas of your life. If you've been neglecting dusting the coffee table, you've likely been neglecting dusting the rest of your house. Yeah. That's all we're saying. Yeah. I'd like to add to that analogy, actually. Mm. It's a great one. So for those of you that are a little bit more like me, that's like, yeah, but yeah, but what about if we, the whole point, right? When our, my house is not in other people's hands, like the whole house, that means all of the good things, all of the bad things, all of the weaknesses, right? Like everything about it is not in other people's hands to reject or to accept. I am responsible for my house somebody pointing out an area of weakness in my house does not mean the same thing as rejecting the entire house. Mm -hmm. It also does not mean I haven't been doing other things. I might be really good at vacuuming and my laundry's put away and there's how there's food in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't mean that the whole house is a mess, mm -hmm. right? So even for you guys listening, you're like, if it is a tree in the forest, right? Like don't also get lost. This is where we can allow ourselves to be weak and still have strengths. Mm -hmm. Other people can still have weakness and we don't have to throw away the entire relationship. Mm -hmm. We've already in our marriage, we weren't ready to deal with the dust on the coffee table yet. We were busy cleaning up the kitchen, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you were, if you went to a hoarder's house, they're not like you would not go talk to them about the dust on their coffee table. That is the smallest problem in their house. Yeah. Right. There are glaring bigger issues. Mm. And I think that's again, why the more we mature, the more we can take on and the deeper we go. Now that all the big picture clutter has been worked out, that's the baby steps. Start with what you can. And the more that gets healed, the more you get to heal. I could also just rejoice like, man, like now we get to deal with the dust on the coffee table mm. and I don't have to shoot the messenger because he also has dishes in the kitchen. Mm. We're not fighting each other. We're helping each other to be our best. And if I just want a great house, then I can go into relationships, not expecting them to just never say anything wrong and that there's everything's perfect. Mm. I can go in wanting to hear growth. I can go in wanting to hear how can I make this the best house that I have? Mm. And I'm going to be able to handle and hear and see and tackle the things that I can when I'm ready. Mm. I don't have to be upset with the messenger and the way that they said it. How do we listen for the content, address our own home, make it about me and not about what other people 
have or have not or how they say it or how they didn't say it. Mm. I know for me, my natural response, once somebody identifies something within me that's just blaring and hard for them to reconcile with, then I want to take responsibility for their reaction and their rejection of me. Mm. I don't want to invite them into my house until everything is dusted. Mm. And the reality is, is if you've just been made aware, if you just had a messenger come in and point out a dusty coffee table, you're probably grieving who you thought you were Mm -hmm. and who you haven't been in life. Like, just leave space for that. Yeah. Allow yourself to grieve who you thought you were and who you weren't and haven't been. Yeah. Without having to make it mean anything more or less about you or them. Yeah. And then I think you have to decide if all you have the capacity to do is to address the one area that this shows up for right now, that's all you have the capacity to deal with, then consider that that might mean that the other person is going to have to be more gracious with you and it's okay. Yeah. I want I want the person to not have to be gracious with me. Mm. And I don't even wanna be gracious with myself. Once I've identified it and I get the full gravity of what it means to have negatively impacted that person in that way, my instinct instinct then is to just completely say, I'm going to fix it. And until it's fixed in every single area of my life, then I just need to distance myself from you. Mm-hmm. Let me figure out how to dust the coffee table, come to terms that my coffee table has been dusted, and then get to the point where I have the energy to dust the rest of my house before I invite you back over, before I fully give my heart and allow you to reject or point out other things in my life, right? Like I want them to only have one thing to call out at a time on the smallest scale possible. I want to minimize the number or the amount of hurt. This is hard because it's that next level that it's like not only am I trying to reason with the fact that they've just identified one area of my life, but how do I learn how to give fully, invite them back over when I am still struggling to consistently dust off my coffee table and I also have dishes in the sink and I have shoes or toys scattered all around my house and they notice it. The expectation is not to wait to invite people into our lives until we're perfect, but rather to figure out how to share our lives with other people while we're not. Yeah. You can create space for people to exist with you and your imperfections or your weaknesses. And it it's a tall ask of security within yourself that isn't dependent on the other person. You don't invite the person into your life and just hope and cross your fingers and close your eyes that they just ignore the dusty coffee table or 
you know, like the dishes in the sink, like how much more loved could you experience if you're willing to allow other people to see the mess, the little messes throughout your life and them choose to love you in spite of it. That's where the freedom comes. The freedom doesn't come from inviting people into a perfect version of yourself. The freedom comes with inviting people into your weaknesses and allowing them to take responsibility for bearing with you and sharing in that experience while you clean up. Yeah. It's okay for you to be working through and struggling through and wrestling with and avoiding some rooms, right? Like we're going to have some closets that we're just like, nope, not yet. Yeah. I just need to close the door for a minute. I can't tackle that at this point in my life. Yeah. Hear us say that that is okay. We're not saying, I hope you don't hear us saying to you that you need to be willing to address and clean up every single area of your life because in a twisted way that would still be us expecting perfection from one another. Rather, what we are saying is how do we have areas that we do need to grow in and reconcile that it is okay for other people to be a mirror and continuously show us, hey, this part of your life impacts me. You can have the closet that you're unwilling to address, but you're not free from the consequences of its impact on other people. So you have to reconcile that in and of yourself without holding a grudge or holding the other person hostage for simply sharing that that area that you're trying to avoid or you're not willing to address yet, that it negatively impacts their relationship with you. But here's the coolest part is if you allowed that person into your home, into your life, and you allowed them to see that room that you're not yet willing to address, and that person has still chosen to show up and come over and be a part of your life, how much then does that person truly love you? That's what you could choose to see. You can choose to see that they're, they're calling it out that they're shedding light on it, that they're pointing it out to you. Or you can see that you can choose to see that they see those things exist and are still present in your life and they're choosing to come over anyway. Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to work with you. If you're looking for additional coaching from us, you can log on to our website at beyondthewallspodcast.com and look at our membership for more information. Until next time. Bye.